hey, Joe Casaboni here, and I'm just letting you know that how I built it is now Streamlined Solopreneur. So if you're seeing a new artwork and a new name in your podcast player, that is expected and by design. The new name better reflects the mission and really what has been the mission of this show for the last few years, and I'm really excited about it. All the links in the show notes and how I built it will still work, but the show also has a new home over at streamlined.fm if you want to check it out. Thanks so much for listening. Hey everybody, Joe Casaboni here and welcome to episode 228 of How I Built It, the podcast that offers actionable tech tips for small business owners. Today's sponsors are Text Expander and the Events Calendar. You'll learn about them later in the show. And today, our guest is Reinhardt Bacalso. He is the managing partner at Agency Rocket Fuel. And today, he is going to teach us all about how we can leverage automation to grow our businesses. And unlike previous episodes of automation, Reinhardt's actually going to walk us through a framework, the framework that his company takes new clients through to see how they're spending their time, what they should be spending their time on, and how they can optimize that. So you, as the business owner, can remove yourself more from your business, stop spending 60 to 80 hours a week on your business, and do the thing that you started your business for, which is have more free time. But before we get into that, I do have a quick ask for you. Uh, The Build Something Club is going strong. It's doing well. We post multiple times a week uh, in our community, and there's a nice back catalog of extended content. If you want to get these episodes extended and ad-free, you can head over to buildsomething.club and sign up for just five bucks a month or $50 a year. That's two months free. And you will get access to all of the previous episodes, bonus quarterly episodes. In today's Build Something More, Raynar and I talk all about the tools that we like to use and uh, the detriment, we'll say, of that tool porn, right? Which is like switching between a bunch of different tools just to try new tools. So uh, we'll talk about that and build something more. Again, if you are interested, you can head over to buildsomething.club. Sign up for five bucks a month. No long-term commitment required. If you try the first month and don't like it, no harm, no foul. Or you can get two months for free by signing up for the year. You'll get ad-free extended episodes, access to the community, uh, deals, on software and other stuff uh, and and much, much more. So again, that's over at buildsomething.club. But for now, let's get into the episode with Reinhardt. All right. I am here with Reinhardt Bacalso. He is the managing partner of Agency Rocket Fuel. We're going to be talking about automations today, which is one of my favorite things to talk about. Reinhardt, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, so I was checking out agencyrocketfuel.com uh, is your website. And you mentioned that you help agencies uh, automate so that they can scale. So I'm, I'm really excited to, to hear a little bit about that. I'm a one-man band. I rely a lot on automation uh, through Zapier and stuff like that. But before we get into that, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? 
Sure, sounds good. So, so yeah, um, my name is Rarent, as you as you mentioned, and um, you know the the business that we've kind of wanted to talk about here is um, agency Rocket Fuel. But before that came to be, um, we have an agency as well. Its name is Augment Digital, and really, um, agency Rocket Fuel came from um, our experience building Augment Digital as the agency. And just like, you know, um, figuring out how to do it in the most streamlined way. So um, my background is in industrial engineering, um, which is the branch of engineering that deals with um, process and like uh, more on the manufacturing side, at least when I took it. Um, but, you know, I was able to translate kind of like what we've learned there into the into the online space as, you know, I got exposed to online marketing and all these things. And then as I built out the agency or as a freelancer, at least to start, um, we do Facebook ads. Um, and when I started to build the agency, I was able to apply a lot of the concepts we learned um, within the, what do you call this, within um, that that program in university. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, take it into building the agency, making sure it's very systematized with automations and all that. Um, my business marketer, Franbo, um, in agency Rocket Fuel as well, was um, took industrial engineering too back then. So um, we both have those that background and we just wanted to see how um, we could help a lot of other people who are struggling to kind of like um, build systems for their agency. So that's kind of we offshooted um, and built the um, agency Rocket Fuel. And that's kind of where we're at now, helping kind of like other marketing agencies um, streamline their their business through um, process automation with the ultimate goal of um, helping them achieve freedom, right? Which is what I guess everyone wants out of their business, right? Um, so yeah, that's a quick background on on what we do. Yeah, that's fantastic. I love that because so there's a couple of things already here, right? Uh, the first is that I love that your background is in industrial engineering, which is not necessarily directly relatable to marketing. But I read mm-hmm. a, a great book recently called Range um, mm-hmm. about how maybe being a specialist and only knowing about your field is not the best, mm-hmm. but being having general knowledge about other things gives you different perspectives. And I think uh, this is really great proof of that. Um, because you were able to take things you learned in industrial engineering, apply them to marketing and marketing and agency growth. Um, and the the other reason I think this is important is because at least in in my space, in my circles, I kind of made my bones mm-hmm. in the WordPress uh, industry, um, in sure. the WordPress space. Uh, and I suspect a lot of freelancers have a similar story to mine. We think, oh man, I can make money making websites. This is great. <laughs> so then you just kind of go and start making websites and yeah. don't really think about the process. Oh, well, they'll just pay me via PayPal and PayPal <laughs> money will be fun money. Uh, and then, and I'll just, I'll just do whatever I need to do or whatever. And, and sure. that's not an efficient way to run a business. Right. So, exactly. um, I think, uh, so I think this is going to be, uh, really great. So, um, so you mentioned that you were able to apply some of these concepts and build systems for the agency. Mm-hmm. You have your own agency. Um, and I, so it, it kind of sounds like you're, you're dog fooding your own product here. Is that about right? <laughs> have you heard that, that term before? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think that's, what's pretty cool because, um, they complement each other and like, um, you know, um, and I think it's that's the pay like that's why um the dynamic of like we, us being so process oriented comes out because even if they you know they're sister companies in a sense um, we still act as if agency Rocket Fuel is a client for Augment Digital of course we run the ads for that company and yeah. Augment Digital is a client of agency Rocket Fuel in which the team there helps out with our systems right so um, even in that regard we like to still still think of it separately um, but yeah definitely there's a lot of um, of course any new things we built in the the agency side we share it to the 
agency rocket fuel team, any new things they find here, we also share it. So uh, there's a lot of cross-learning that happens because of how it's all set up. Um, so yeah, that's how we keep up to date because a lot of things change quickly, um, especially with Facebook ads and all that these days. Yeah, I, I think that makes so much sense. So mm-hmm. let's uh, let's give the listeners a good idea of what the process at Agency Rocket Fuel looks like, and then we can maybe talk about the value of building systems and automating. So uh, yeah. let's say that uh, I have hired you over at Agency Rocket Fuel. I want to grow my business. Um, mm-hmm. a one man band with a family, uh, so yeah. I can't put all this time into my own business. I want to work on the business, not in it. Uh, yeah. What's what's the onboarding process like? What kind of services are you going to offer uh, mm-hmm. for me? Sure, sure. Sounds good. So, um, and I think that's, actually, that's a lot of our clients, right, who um, come to us. You know, um, that that's the key kind of like avatar. Like uh, a lot of agency owners we come across, um, they just wanted to start something to kind of get out of like the nine to five, the corporate kind of want to provide for their family more. Most of them have like, they're starting off new families. So um, they really kind of want to get that time back. But then what they see is that they start the agency and then, you know, maybe they get a few sales here and there. Maybe they get some referrals. Um, Like you said, they get to build a website, get paid in PayPal. Like, oh my gosh, I'm like halfway away from my my monthly salary or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, Let me just quit. (laughs) And then they head in, uh, um, you know, head first and, it's all good. They they maybe figure out sales really quickly, and then you know their referral comes in, and um, it keeps rolling and rolling. And next thing you know, um, you know, two months down the line, they the, the the same thing that they thought would take them out of the the day to day work or that grind is now you know um, getting uh, even producing more hours for them in terms of work, right? So that's the usual thing that happens, and that's really the um, the kind of um, you know um, business that we can help with the most are the ones that kind of like you know. Um, have found some success in terms of getting clients. There's a lot of material out there these days on getting clients with ads, with you know so many other methods, so many different methods. Um, but what we saw as we tried to think about like how do we kind of like um, serve this market a bit better is like there's not much out there in terms of how do we actually rein it all in and turn that, um, turn those clients, and then like you know of course retain them and work with them longer periods, and of course not burn out in the process. So. Um, you know, when we try to help any client, our general methodology is um, we got to first kind of like audit everything, right? So, um, you know, we start with the audit and, you know, we want to understand what you're currently doing, right? So, so many people think that, you know, when we want to um, basically automate the business or like, you know, get things off my plate, you just got to, you know, just hire someone, go on Upwork, go on Fiverr and hire. And that might be the case for some tasks because, you know, you're just like, it's just burning. You just need someone to help you, right? Mm-hmm. But longer term, you got to really find the time to step back and um, and really like think about things, right? What am I currently doing and what's currently happening? Because, you know, if you're logging, what, 40, 50, 60 hours a week um, working your business, could be agency, could be something else. Um, usually you're doing so much stuff in the business, you aren't stepping back to think about how you're working on the business, right? So mm-hmm. what yeah. I like to tell, um, you know, people who approach us, client or not, it's like, you're already spending 60 hours working, what's another hour or two to kind of just step back and think, right? So, because that will help, it will pay off in the long term because you're able to identify what am I actually doing in these um, 60 hours, right? So whenever we work with our clients, yeah. yeah. Just to just to to drive home that point, mm-hmm. right? Taking an hour or two to plan and figure things out could save you 10, For 15, sure. 20 hours in the long term, right? Exactly, right? So people are very surprised when they um, see that. And you usually just need someone to kind of like, you know, tell you that and like 
um, for you to kind of commit to getting that done. But um, that's what we do first. We kind of audit everything. And it's funny because like, um, you know, that's the first step. And it's very simple. Like we have this little Google sheet we create for our clients to um, basically audit. It's very simple. Anyone listening to the show can do it. Just put Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday as columns and then split it out by the R and just like start putting in what do you do in these R chunks, right? Keep it simple. You can do it on the journal even. And um, you'll see that, oh my God, I'm spending like three hours on this client almost every day, or I'm spending X amount of hours, like just going back and forth um, with this client or like doing this kind of task for my business. And it becomes very clear what's, you know, what's taking up a lot of your time and how it's taking up a lot of your time. Um, So we get a lot of our um, people we work with um, that really find value in that. And we haven't even done any automation work, right? Uh, So Mm -hmm. that foundation is very important, being able to step back in. And like you said, like plan and think. Um, I think that's that's definitely very key. Like, um, I think what stood out to me recently, um, I watched a video, um, um, an interview of like Jeff Bezos or something. And he was saying that, you know, he, you know, you know, results are great for this quarter and whatever for Amazon, but then his executive team and himself, he's not thinking about this quarter or even the next. He, they're already thinking about three years down the line, right? So yeah. they're thinking so long term and um, the success they're finding today has been planned like three years ago. So of course, if you're new, we're not expecting you to do the same. Uh, things are a bit faster paced when you're new, but the the concept applies. Like thinking um, will pay off in the long term if you just take some time uh, to step back. So that's step one. Just like audit your time and just think about what what do I actually do and like um, do I actually plan my work? Like how does that look like? Right. So it starts yeah. there. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I you're right. That can apply to anything, right? I mean, this podcast. We're recording this episode on May the 4th. This this episode's not going to come out for a couple of months mm-hmm. because I have, you know, I have a, a content plan in place. Nice. Um, just to kind of pull back the curtain, I guess, the time travel <laughs> curtain here. Um, nice. uh, and, and I think that, and again, I think that makes perfect sense. Uh, one thing that you, you said that reminded me of a quote, uh, most... Most freelancers won't die of starvation. They'll die of of overeating because mm-hmm. they have too many clients and they can't manage it and, and things start to fall apart. And so understanding where you spend your time is so, so important, no matter if you do client work or product work. I mean, I mean, I was using an app called Timery. Nope, Timery is the iOS app. Um, timing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was like, it showed me, I was like, doing something for five minutes and then going to Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and then going back to that thing just because I was super distracted. And I'm like, I am, no wonder I can't get anything done in an eight hour day. I'm I'm like switching between five websites all day. So, uh, you know, yeah. it, it it might be a painful discovery, but it's going to be super helpful in the long run. For sure, for sure. So, so yeah, that's a very key insight. So just, yeah, anyone listening to this show, um, yeah, download some sort of app. There's so many out there. And just see, just see what the numbers look like. And take a take an hour or two on a Saturday or something to review it and see what you can drop down, right? Just start there. Um, I know this is about automations and all, but like, yeah, it, it really starts with that audit. This episode is brought to you by the Events Calendar, the original calendar for WordPress. This free plugin helps you with calendaring, ticketing, and more powerful tools to help you manage your events from start to finish. Whether you run school events, concerts at a venue, or fundraisers for nonprofits, the events calendar gives you the tools you need to make it your own. And with the events calendar pro, you can create custom views, recurring events, add your own custom fields to events, and much more. 
Run virtual events? No problem. With the virtual events add-on, you can quickly and easily manage your online-only or hybrid events. With deep Zoom integration, custom virtual event coding for search engine optimization, and the ability to embed video feeds directly on your website, the events calendar makes putting virtual and hybrid events together easier. And I can't stress this one enough. Let me tell you, I have tried to roll my own webinar software, my own live stream event software, and it is difficult. And I have 20 years experience making websites. The event calendar is the tool that you need to make virtual events a lot easier. You can even sell tickets and only show the stream to ticket holders. If you run events, whether in person or online, you need the events calendar. Head on over to howibuilt.it slash events to learn more. That's howibuilt.it slash events to start running your events more efficiently today. Thanks so much to the events calendar for supporting the show. And now let's get back to it. Let's say we have the audit now. I know where I'm spending my time. Uh, is there another step before we get to to mm-hmm. automation, or what's you know what's that process like from getting to? All right, well, I'm spending twelve hours a day, and six of that is like client email. Mm-hmm. Um, how do I how do I take this off of my plate without necessarily hiring a, a person to to read my email? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I would say that's really um, you know next step really depends. Now it's it becomes very custom depending on your on your business, right? So, but I do I can answer this for sure. Give you a framework, but that's kind of like um, what we saw with um, with when we were working with clients, right? At first, to be honest, when we started, the reason why we started the the this agency Rocket Fuel one is because we actually wanted to do like a coaching program because we were kind of like, you know, the agency is a lot of labor. Like you kind of like need a lot of people to kind of like do the actual service. So we were like, ah, let's like, let's build a new kind of product or offer where we don't have to be building stuff for people. And like people can go through a course or something or like some group yeah. coaching calls. It's a much, much easier, right? So that's how we our mindset going into it. But um, as we went into it, we realized that we were helping people with no time, right? So it made no sense for us to be giving them like, mm. hey, watch this eight-hour course on how to save you time. They had no time. So <laughs> um, so we decided around, you know, a few months into it that, you know, if we really are in it to serve our customers the best or this market the best, so we got to iterate away from um, being a purely coaching or digital product business. So we started bringing on a team to build out these automations and stuff. And it became very custom. So now like after the audit is done, we figure out what's the kind of like best next step for the for the business, um, depending on where they're at. But um, so that's what they're actually we, we took. But then for that, for that specifically, I would say um, if you're really already burning. So the first um, kind of process we like to look into and really dissect is um, is the onboarding, right? This is primarily for agencies, but I think to a certain degree, even in product businesses, like it's good to really review your onboarding and make sure it's airtight, right? Um, the reason why we put a really big emphasis on onboarding is because we, we've seen in our experience that it makes such a huge impact on the client relationship. So I think this applies also with product businesses a lot because mm-hmm. um, let's say with product businesses, you have a poor onboarding experience and people, you have a SaaS or whatever it is, um, and people are confused on how to use the app. Your support tickets on the back end, um, we're going to increase long term. You don't see it up front, maybe, but you see you see it two, three months down the line. And that's how, what eats up your time. So this is a kind of, again, that's why you have to step back and think longer term. Like what actions 
um, what are the stuff you do today that's going to affect you long term, right? So we like looking at onboarding for that reason because especially in the agency side, what you do in that first, even first five minutes of you working on onboarding a client um, can make or break the relationship, right? Um, especially with agencies, you're probably selling something of, you know, hopefully like a higher value or a higher price so you, you know, earn something from it. Um, of course, people are investing in you, the business, if you're doing websites or if you're doing Facebook ads or whatever service it is. Um, a business just drop, you know, a few grand on you to kind of like um, do a service. And if you don't even, you know, send them like an, a message or like they, you know, or anything at that very first, you know, interaction, they're going to start feeling, well, what's up? Like I just dropped, I just, you know, dropped a big investment on this team or on this yeah. person and literally no one messaged me. I don't know what's next, right? And that creates so much like people don't think about it, but it creates a lot of tension from the get-go. And because of that initial experience, um, the client's not going to, you know, um, email you every day. Like, hey, what's up? You know, or hey, what's what's happening? Where's, where's the updates? They get antsy. So you might think that the problem is that you're spending now six hours a day doing client emails. But the problem really was when you first worked with them that you did not set the right expectations. You didn't get back to them quick enough. And um, yeah, you just didn't, you know, um, didn't really figure out what that onboarding sequence looks like, right? So that's the kind of next stage um, for us. Yeah, and I think I think that's fantastic because uh, you know I think a lot of us have probably been in the situation where uh, I, I've been all gung ho to send <laughs> the contract and then the invoice and then I just get to building and I know nothing after that, right? Yeah. And they're like, "Hey, where'd you go? We gave you money and then you disappeared." And I'm like, "Right," uh, <laughs> and so. Uh, automating some of that is so important. I mean, you you've seen it. My my podcast guests oh, yeah. have seen it. Amazing where process. you, yeah, like <laughs> you sign up for, and then you get an email that day. You get a page that you're you got to read. You get a couple of reminders. You're gonna get an email after this interview saying nice. like, here's where you upload your audio. So uh, I don't do that myself. I would never. It would never happen if I had to do that myself for every interview. I have four interviews today. So. Um, you know, automating that is, uh, I think that's a really good place to start. Shannon Schaefer talked about that on a previous episode. I'll link that uh, in the show notes for this episode over at howibuilt.it. Um, but, you know, I think um, onboarding is a really good place to start. Like you said, whether it's products or or services, because bad onboarding for a product means, like you said, support tickets or just the person's going to stop using. Yeah your product and churn out, right? But, oh, I don't use this. I never, it was too hard. So I stopped using it. Yeah, for sure. And like, you know, it's not your, like, you know, some people will think like, but I'm fulfilling on the service and all that. And yeah, we're not calling you a scammer or anything that, you know, you just took that person's money and ran away. Of course you're doing the work, but the client does not see that, right? The client's not going to see that. And um, it's hard to, there's literally no one, um, you know, kind of to blame here, but the system itself, right? And um, this is another way we like to look at things. And one of the things we teach early on with our clients, because uh, this whole systems thing is also mindset, right? It's not just like, I come in here, build automations, and that's it. You got to start thinking in that way. Because like, in that scenario specifically, um, you know, it's like, you have, um, again, it's like a longer term consequence you don't see um, upfront, right? So you have to start thinking, what actions um, should be taken today to reduce work in the future, right? So it's not really like, what can I cut down today? So yes, yeah, so you're going to have to spend maybe a few extra hours on top of the 60 you're already doing. <laughs> Hopefully you're watching this show or listening to the show right now and you can do something about it a bit earlier um, and not get to that point and start working on that, right? Like how can I avoid some of these situations? And, and onboarding is definitely um, the big one. So um, you know, maybe we can go a bit into like what we recommend for onboarding, but 
again, it's very similar to you know what what you've done with your podcast. Like when I saw this, like I gotta send this to the team. We gotta do the same with our <laughs> with our interviews because it's next level. But onboarding, like yeah, like you said, it's not only even with clients. It's like partnerships, like this one, or interviews, or any kind of experience you have with um, with service or something. Um, but yeah, uh, key parts for us there that we highlight is first there has to be some sort of welcome email that is um, automated. Um, you know, we like to add in a story there, kind of like empathize with the client a bit, um, share like, you know, why the service is built, why this is the best place for them to be in. Um, very important in that email is you have to share to them how they can succeed, right? Now, this is dependent on the product and service. You might spread this out a few emails, put all in one or make it, if you're a SaaS, like an onboarding sequence of sorts, really depends. But the concept and principle is you got to share to them and tell them how they can succeed with you. Um, and second is what next? Like now that they've dropped, you know, they've signed the contract, maybe they've paid you up front for something. Um, what is the next, um, what's the, what do they have to do next? And why we like uh, automating this onboarding process is because we see a lot of people that, you know, they have back-to-back sales calls. And then let's say they close one client out of the five in a day, they close two, which is great where everyone's happy. But um, yeah. literally you're so busy, right? You're like trying to, you know, craft this contract, you know, craft this contract. Um, and you don't have time and you have like a client calling in that same day after those five calls. Next thing you know, it's it's five days later and you haven't like sent anything to that new new person you closed, right? Um, so you want to automate that, right? So you want to make it as quick as possible to um, just let it go to, you know, um, to the client to tell them what they need to do next. And you want to put as much of the next steps as um, of like what they have to do on them, like right immediately after. So it could be maybe some sort of automation if you have a pipeline or like a CRM like PipeDrive, maybe drag someone to close and, you know, you figure out Zapier and then it sends an email, it sets up folders, it sets up all these things. Or maybe you fill out a form, either way it works, it sets up the contract, um, then that's all on the client's end. So now you can just focus on going about your day and you just have to wait for your client to maybe fill out a form on that email or kind of just like whatever is your is your next step. So um, we believe that welcome email is a, very big piece that, you know, people don't spend the time to think about. But actually, it takes like what, an hour or something to write out. Um, if you just think about what do you want the client to do next and put on them. Um, so you can just like wait for it next. This episode is brought to you by Text Expander. In our fast-paced world, things change constantly. And errors in messaging often have significant consequences. With Text Expander, you can save time by converting any text you type into a keyboard shortcut called a snippet. Say goodbye to repetitive text entry, spelling, and message errors, and trying to remember the right thing to say. When you use Text Expander, you can say the right thing in just a few keystrokes. Text Expander lets you make new approved messaging available to every team member instantly with just a few keystrokes, ensuring your team remains consistent, current, and accurate. Text Expander can also be used in any platform, any app, and anywhere you type. So take back your time and increase your productivity. But that's not all it does. With its advanced snippets, you can create fill-ins, pop-up fields, and more. You can even use JavaScript or AppleScript. I can type out full instructions for my podcast editor, hi Joel, in just a few keystrokes. Another one of my favorite and most used snippets is PPT. This will take whatever text I have on my clipboard and convert it into plain text. No more fighting formatting if I'm copying from Word or anyplace else. Last month, I saved over two hours in typing alone. 
that doesn't even take into the account the time I saved by not having to search for the right link, text, address, or number. You have no idea how many times I want to type out a link to a blog post or an affiliate link and I can't remember it and then I have to go searching for it. That generally takes minutes, but since I have a text expander snippet, it takes seconds. Text Expander is available on macOS, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad. I've been using it a lot more on my iPhone lately because I've been working from my iPhone more uh, because there are days when I'm just not in front of my computer right now. If you've been curious about trying Text Expander or simple automation in general, now's the time. Listeners can get 20% off their first year. Just visit textexpander.com slash podcast and let them know that I sent you. Thanks so much to Text Expander for sponsoring the show. And now let's get back to it. So you mentioned like Pipe Drive, Zapier. How much do the tools matter or is it more like the feature that the tool offers? Yeah, so we, you know, it's really less about the tool. So like that's one thing we get. That's a very good question. Like people ask us all the time. Hey, should I just get this one or this one, Asana or like Teamwork or Basecamp or, you know, all these um, platforms. And our answer to that is always like, Worry about the tool later. Like use whatever you've been used to to a certain degree. Um, almost all tools have some sort of um, way that it can be automated. Almost all. Like um, they all integrate with Zapier in some way. And you can get fancy later on, right? So if you're currently using Pipedrive, use that. If you're using HubSpot, use that. Um, for us, we usually start with forms, like Google Forms even. Because it's the most raw way to really see and visualize how when you enter information certain steps happen in the automation and it outputs certain things, right? Because when you do like things like really advanced stuff, like when you drag like a, a card and let's say pipe drive or a CRM where it's a like Kanban, move them to closed and it does all these fancy things. Sometimes it's hard to consume and like what the heck's going on, right? Some magic yeah. happening. Um, so we always start with forms. We build out the forms and later if the client's like, hey, I actually use um, pipe drive um, as my CRM. Can we actually trigger it using pipe drive? Yeah, then yeah, let's do it. Um, but we like using forms to start. And you know, anyone's new to this, watching this, listening to this, I mean, um, you should definitely do the same. Just start simple um, and explore from there, right? So use whatever you're currently using, um, and just try to understand the the idea of like what can I automate today um, in the onboarding. Sending an email is literally just like one Zapier step of send email. It's not it's not very complicated. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and uh, maybe in maybe we could talk about this in uh, in the members part of the episode. Build something more um, about uh, the uh, the what a lot of people do with like tool switching and like you know maybe new tool porn or whatever, right? Because they like I'm kind of like that, but we'll we'll dig into that and, sure. and build something more. Uh, so if if uh, if you are not a member yet, you can sign up over at buildsomething.club to get this extra part of the episode and uh, an extra part of every episode ad free. Um, but I think that's great. Cause then, cause then you don't have to be like, by the way, I need access to like all of your mm-hmm. tools right now to help you do my job. Right. That's yep. like another big benefit of starting with forms. Exactly. Exactly. So you got to just like start simple and then um, build from there. Right. Um, like as you get better with automation or like maybe hire someone, it's just so much easier to understand if you start simple, like, um, a lot of people, you know, we use Google Sheets a lot as well for like database kind of stuff, like, you know, a list of clients and all that. And a lot of people come to us, why don't we use something like Monday or Airtable or these advanced stuff? And we're like, yeah, we can, but then will you understand how they're used, right? In the end, what we want whenever we work with anyone, um, even in a consultation basis, like we advise anyone, you got to understand what's happening, right? Because like, you know, it's 
some people are just like you know hire an ops manager and let it like let it rip kind of thing. Um, there's I guess there's pros and cons to both ways, but we're on the camp that you as a business owner have to at least understand um, you know what's going on to a certain degree, like the systems and the fundamentals. And maybe when it gets more advanced, yes, hire it out because of course you have your zone of genius. You gotta focus there. But there's you gotta have that systems kind of mindset um, from the get go and understand some of these more foundational stuff. So you don't you aren't like you know when things break you're not left into like you know what's happening, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Plus, I mean, starting simple means you understand what you need, right? Um, mm-hmm. This I had a conversation with Matthew Yeas uh, a while back. He's an expert in in virtual assistants. I hired a virtual assistant back in December. And for like the first few months, I wasted her time. Uh, I wasted my own money because I didn't know. I was just like, go do this. Yeah. But I didn't really understand my process. So how could I expect her mm-hmm. to understand my process? And, you know, now I create a video every time I do something new. Nice. And I tell her to transcribe it and create the steps. And it's a lot more smooth sailing now, right? You got to start yeah. basic and you need to understand what you're doing before you can automate or outsource. For sure. Yeah. And that leads us to the next one, right? So after onboarding in our methodology, we go next to process. So we go into documentation. So like once we've figured out the onboarding process and automated a lot of things. So part of that automation includes project management setup, all that stuff. And fundamentally, the idea is to front load as much work as possible and plan it all out as much as possible because onboarding is going to be the same for um, most of your clients. And if it isn't, you should aim for that. Like if you're Service, example, if you're a freelancer or a budding agency owner where you want to grow your service, um, you know, try as much as possible to standardize it and not be offering everything to everyone. Um, You know, very conventional advice, like, you know, niche down, choose a service, choose a niche, you're going to be successful. So that's the onboarding. Um, After that, we go into documentation. So uh, you make a great point because like a lot of people think that, oh, I have this, some of this automated, let me hire someone directly. Um, and let me see what they can do, right? And you, and that's really the the first. That's what most people get into, where they they hire someone and they're just like there, and they're just in Slack, and they're just like you know, you're just chatting each other. Hey, what's up? Like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not too, uh, I got something to do. It's like uh, not really. <laughs> you just have a quick chat with your with your VA or something. So um, that's why we don't go into hiring yet. What we go into first is let's document your some of the processes. And a lot of clients, um, or at least businesses we speak to, they're like, but I don't have a process. And they've had like 20 clients or something. <laughs> we're like, I don't have a process. I don't actually, I don't, I don't know what I do. But like, we're like, you've fulfilled on 20 client campaigns or like 20 websites. You have a process. You just have to put it out on paper, right? You just have to put it down. Get out of your head and put it on paper. So that's what we recommend to our, our clients to like, um, once you, um, you know, figure out some of the automation side to get the onboarding a bit more streamlined. Let's think into what you actually do to fulfill, at least the core pieces, right? And what are the core parts of your service that we can kind of um, standardize? So I know you have probably never made a process in your life, but um, you have one. Let's work together to extract it. So how we go about that extraction process is as simple as just like brain dumping, right? Just, you know, sit down, get a piece of paper or a document, Google Doc, notes, and just start writing. What do you do? Right, what's step one? What's step two? What's step three? And we can organize later. And people are very surprised when they do that. And it's like, oh, wow, I, it, this is it. <laughs> this is what I was doing. And we're like, if you have a hard time doing that, like you said, just shoot a video. Um, we use Loom a lot, loom.com. Mm-hmm. And just click that button whenever you do something and try to talk your way through your um, yourself doing it. And I think that's a big exercise a lot of people um, actually enjoy and like see, oh, um, you know, when I actually start trying to explain myself on the video, as if I was teaching someone, I actually see a lot of the gaps in my process. 
right? Like, oh, why am I doing this? If I were to teach someone to do this, I wouldn't do it like this. I'd do it like this instead. So um, um, that's another way as well. Like just doing a video um, and just trying to teach while doing it. And you'd be surprised how many steps, how efficient you become um, in your own process, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I would, I would just say, leave the mistakes in. Because uh, yeah. I think that's... I think that's important too. You know, I think the first video I shot for my VA, I was like, and then you go to the, oh, I don't have a central folder for like all my podcast artwork or whatever. I'm like, I need to do that now. So mm-hmm. it, it helped me improve my process. I have a production folder now with nice. all the artwork and the episodes and the, um, and I talked through all that. So now she has a better understanding of the way I think. Exactly. Uh, and how the process is supposed to work. And and so I also learned that she's very good at transcription. So <laughs> I mean, uh, when I, <laughs> nice. I, I have a transcriber, uh, Evelyn, you're great. And um, <laughs> But if I have a ton of other stuff, um, you know, I, I know that I have a, another person who can do transcription if I need it. For sure. Yeah, I think that's a great point that you highlighted there that um, you end up explain if you leave in the, the mistakes and you have to some people are like oh I made a mistake I redo the loom don't do that <laughs> just keep it in there and yeah. solve it on the way you'll be like you said you'll be able to kind of like rub off your thought process and your thinking to the person and really that's where you want to get to I mean first step is like you know being able to teach someone um you know the whole idea about um you know what buttons to click right but over time you want to be able to train people or get people to a place where they understand why the buttons are being clicked right like why do we do this a certain way why do we do that? And ultimately, you want them to understand the outcome of doing certain things. Because in the future, what you really want to get to, um, as you get more advanced and you've gotten some of the foundations in place, is being able to have a team where you, you give a certain outcome, like, hey, I want this done. And they can figure out on their own um, with the principles or thinking that you kind of set in place um, through your processes, right? You don't want to be the one micro, like you might think, am I not micromanaging people by you know, telling them exactly what to do? Um, you got to start somewhere, right? You got to start somewhere. And then over time, you build that muscle and, you know, you can start moving more towards in the spectrum of um, delegating outcomes rather than delegating um, um, actions, right? So that's where we want to get to. This episode is brought to you by Terms Hub. When creating a new website, an e-commerce store, or an app, we often miss creating and using legal policies. Now, I'm not a lawyer, nor do I pretend to play one on TV. I have hired a lawyer to do the important business documents in my business. But new legal requirements, growing privacy concerns have made the possession of such documents mandatory for websites and apps. And instead of copying and pasting from some random website, uh, you can use TermsHub. It's now possible to quickly generate documents created by lawyers at a low cost and protect yourself against legal or visitor complaints and other negative consequences such as GDPR and CCPA related fines. Now, I went through, I used Terms Hub to generate a terms of service, a privacy policy, a cookie policy, and a refund policy. It generated a bunch of terms that I otherwise uh, wouldn't have been able to Uh, generate myself. So, you know, they tout 35,000 happy customers. They have compliant solutions. I know this is something that a lot of my own students and clients have asked me about. And again, I'm not a lawyer, but this, uh, this looks like a great solution. I'm happy with what was generated for my website. So if you want to check out Terms Hub, head over to termshub.io and you can use the discount code how i built it 
at checkout to save even more. That's termshub.io and the discount code how I built it at checkout. Thanks so much to TermsHub for sponsoring this episode of How I Built It. So we've been talking for a while now. Uh, I, before I get to my big question and we do the wrap up, I know you're working through a framework. Mm-hmm. We are on step three by my yep. count. Uh, is there another step or another? Is there like 10 steps? Do we want to wrap up? Or is there <laughs> yeah, like we a- can go through the last two really, really quick. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the first great, two are very great. important. So um, so now let's say you have your process. You've you know done some brain dumps and like put it on paper or you've shot some videos. Next step is now you, I would say you're you're in a more confident place to hire. Right. So now you ex- know exactly what you want out of certain t- set of tasks. Um, you can use that to leverage um, your hiring. Um, so what we, our principle behind hiring is we always want to be able to task people on what they'll actually do. Right. A lot of people are like, you know, I hire people and like, you know, they don't do they do. They have such great resumes or whatever, but they when they actually do the work and I hire them and we're committed to like, you know, I have to provide for this person's like livelihood. They actually don't do the actual work properly. So our, our methodology is always try to test people on what, they, um, what they're what they going to do. And you can't do that if you have no process. This is why sequence matters, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, you got to yeah. have that sequence, got to have that process. So maybe your, your trial project or whatever it is, maybe like a quick trial project of whatever the task is, you can just share that same video and maybe set up some side of test environment, right? A bit more work, but again, it's going to pay off in the long term because once you've set it up initially, Ideally, you just have to just do it again and again if you have new people you want to hire for that same role. Um, and ideally, they go through it and you can see the actual work output rather than, you know, what you know what they what graduated in college or like what their achievements are. Because to, to be honest, that doesn't really matter, um, especially in, you know, remote work. What matters is um, their ability to do that work and culture fit, right? So those two are what we really look out for. So in the interview process, we don't ask a lot about the work because we ask about experience and stuff, but... Our core, we try to ask questions to figure out, would they jive with our team right now? Would they, um, are we in the same kind of thinking? Do we have the same values? Because we really believe that if we have someone with the right attitude and the work ethic and we're aligned values-wise, um, and they, you know, they're, they're going to figure it out, right? If they're given the right process. So um, that's the hiring piece. So you have process, now you get to hire. After which you want to be able, the last pillar of sorts is you want to be able to build systems to track everything, right? Now that you have a team in place, you have processes that are running, you have KPIs. If you're, for example, running ad campaigns, you want to be hitting, you know, the target cost per purchase. If you're running webs, if you're making websites, you want to be able to hit deadlines. You want to be able to track client-side metrics, like uh, your ability to deliver. And you also want to be able to track um, team-side metrics of like, you know, how your team is doing, what their R's are, things like that. Are they, you know, are they happy? Are they, um, you know, are they showing up every day? Their best self kind of thing. So that's what we wrap it up with um, being able to build some sort of tracking system or like workflow with your team to be able to see numbers and you're able to build accountability um, with your team with those numbers. And from there, hopefully you have some time back. (laughs) Now they have the team, you have a way to track, right? Absolutely. Uh, that's fantastic. I will just say, you, you know, you mentioned that you test people on what they'll actually do. I think that's so great. Grades, right? Like you said, grades don't mm-hmm. matter that much. Uh, when when high school or college students come to me and they ask like, what should I, you know, what should I focus on this and that? Should I do extracurricular activities? I say, I was uh, like point one point off of graduating cum laude. Uh, but nobody who's ever hired me cared about that, right? They cared about my <laughs> yeah. extracurricular activity. Oh, I see you were president of the computer science exactly. club. Oh, I see that you were on like an events planning board. What like, 
They're not yeah. like, oh, you, you just missed, Kum-. you know, I'm not trying to go to Harvard or like Harvard <laughs> Law or whatever. Um, so sure. I think that's, I think that's a really good point. And then, like you said, um, KPIs, which KPIs comes up a lot. I don't think I've ever formally defined it on this show, but this is uh, key performance mm-hmm. indicators is what that stands for, right? And that could be anything, right? If you sell widgets, how many widgets are you selling a day? Or uh, how many billable hours are your employees uh, working per day? What are you trying to do? Understanding that every hour probably isn't billable. Things like that. Yep, exactly. Right. So that's the dream, right? So um, a lot of people come to us and they're like, I want freedom. And that's the vision they have that they go on vacation and they open up an app on their phone and they see numbers. And like they see um, how the business is doing without them having to kind of jump in all the time. And they're able to make decisions from these numbers, right? So you can get there, but you got to have the foundations first. You can't. You have to have a good onboarding system, some documentation in place. From there, build a team to kind of like take over, of course, some of the work. Because 60 hour work weeks, you can't like automate all of that, no matter what you do. Um, you're going to have to have people. And if that's the decision you want to make with your business, you want to grow it, you want to keep up that client load, then you have to hire people. But make sure you have those processes in place. And lastly, you can start figuring out how can I make sure the team is accountable to numbers, right? The key performance indicators that tells us if the business is um, healthy, financial, finance-wise, retention-wise, whatever um, metrics that matter to you. And of course, your team as well. Don't forget your team. Um, ask them, you know, on a, maybe once a month or a few weeks, how are they feeling? Um, you know, quantify that somehow, maybe like a happiness score. That's what we have in our agency. Um, just to get a feel and a pulse of how um, the team is feeling as well towards the work. Um, and yeah, you have a... That's it. You go on the beach and like enjoy your life. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I absolutely love that. This has been great. I, I do need to ask you my favorite question, which is, do you have any trade secrets for us? Trade secrets. Um, well, I would say um, for for any trade, uh, a trade secret, I would say is that, yeah, just step back. <laughs> I think I said in step one, I think, um, I, I you know, a lot of people think there's a lot of hacks in this line of um, a project or like this kind of service. But no, it's really about taking the time to step back and think. So I think that's the biggest secret of all. <laughs> um, taking time to think and a lot of things will will be clear from there, um, hopefully. Awesome. I love that. And you're following a very important podcasting rule, which is repeat the most important parts because mm-hmm. uh, people might have missed it in the beginning or forgotten. And it's, it's important <laughs> to reinforce that. Nice. Step back, understand what you're doing, and then you can follow the rest of this great framework. Reynard, this has been a fantastic conversation. If people want to learn more about you, where can they find you? Sure. Um, you can visit agencyrocketfuel.com. So we have um, the frameworks there. Um, you can learn more about us. And if you want a bit more content in terms of actual training, we go very deep into the actual automations we build, how to build out. We use Asana, so how to build out Asana, all that in agencyrocketfuel.com slash fb-group. So it's a Facebook group. It's free. Um, and there's a lot of content in there on the actual building of these automations and processes we talked about um, during the show. Awesome. I love it. I will link to that and everything that we talked about in the show notes over at howibuilt.it slash 228. Again, if you are not a member, you can sign up over at buildsomething.club because we are going to talk all about... uh, playing with different tools and why, when that's good, when that's maybe more harmful. Uh, But again, Raynard, thanks for joining us. I really appreciate the time. Awesome. I appreciate you having me as well. Thank you. 
thanks to our sponsors for this episode. They are the Events Calendar and Text Expander. And of course, thanks to you for listening. Until next time, get out there and build something. <laughs>